gentlemen, welcome back to the Being Husband Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan West, bringing you guys another episode here, telling you guys like I always do, thank you for being a part of the work that we're doing here. If you've been with us for any length of time, then you know what I always say. It's a tall order to be a man of one's household, but if there was ever a time that we needed strong leaders in our communities, present fathers to our children, and loving husbands to our wives, it's today. Wouldn't you guys agree? With that being said, this is the first of many Theology on Thursday episodes. You guys saw the episode title, Kanye West Reformed Theology. I'm not going to waste any time, so let's go ahead and get into it, all right? So first things first, what the heck is Reformed Theology, and why are you interested in it? Why do you care about it? So long story short, it's really not a long story. It's actually just a short story short. Me and my dad are having a conversation about what we believe about the Bible. And I asked my dad, I said, why do so many people believe so many different things? He was like, I don't know, son, but we're Calvinists. And that's all he said. <laughs> that's all he said. He didn't explain it. I didn't really understand it at first. But as time went on and as I sat under my dad's teaching, and for those of you that don't know, my dad was a pastor. He is a, a Baptist pastor at a church here in Nashville. And uh, I've, I've grown up in that under his teaching for majority of my life. And so this 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 period of my life with my wife is the first one where I haven't sat under his teaching. And so during that whole time and he kind of, you know, showed me some scriptures that I'll share with you guys today and, and go over this theology just a little bit. Over time, I just started to understand that this not only makes sense, but it's is biblical. It's. It's right there in scripture. So and I'm going to kind of point those things out. But but what is Reformed theology? That's the question. So you know how I landed here. My dad just told me that's what we're doing. That's how we're rolling. And so that's how we rolled. But then what is Reformed theology then, Jonathan? What is it that your dad was explaining to you and teaching you throughout your, your lifetime? Okay. And so. There's a lot of history to the Reformation, okay? That's a point in time in history, and I'm going to get into that in a minute. But first, I want to give you what are called the kind of five key doctrinal things about Reformed theology. And these, these things were the things that caused the Reformation to happen. Weren't the only things. That's a drastic simplification, okay? But these were the five things that were a piece of the Reformation, okay? There were five key doctrines that uh, we disagreed on as the big C church, okay? And one of those was total depravity. The other one is unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints. And I'll define each one of those as we move further along into these theology on Thursdays. But the first one that we're going to address today is the doctrine of total depravity. But first, a brief history of the Reformation. So, long story, real, real long story, super short. There was a split between Catholicism and what we now call Protestantism. OK, so you got Catholics and then you got a group of people that said, hey, you guys are doing it wrong. And then we called those guys that said that Protestants. OK, and the general gist of what Protestants protest, that's where we get the word from. The general gist of why they protested the Catholic Church 
was because they believed that some of the practices that the, the Catholic Church was doing were not biblical. That weren't they weren't good. They weren't true. And so you had guys like Martin Luther, who was a monk. He took to writing this thing called the 95 Thesis. Okay, and the 95 Thesis was 95 reasons why the Catholic Church was wrong about the gospel and wrong about the way that they were they were doing their practices. And so he he left that on the front door. Some people say it was nailed on the front door of the Catholic Church. Some people said it was just left at the front doorstep. No one really knows because no one was there. This was in the 1500s. So no one really knows how it was left. But the point is, is that he and another guy by the name of John Calvin, who was in France, Martin Luther was in Germany. Uh, during this time, we're coming to the understanding that there were certain things that the church was doing that were they believed were oppressive to the people. Uh, they believed that were not biblical and they believed that were not rooted in what was most important uh, from the Bible. And so that from that, we got the Reformation and from that we got the term Protestantism. And so now that's why we have all these different denominations. You know, we've got Lutheran, which was the first church that broke away from the Catholic Church and then on and on the different denominations go. So all that to say. The main beef that was going on between them was on the basis of who has the real authority, who really is involved in the salvation process, who who is in control of that? Is it what the church says? Does the church tell a person that they're saved or does God say that a person is saved? And 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 how does a person get saved how, how how is it that the person goes to the priest and then the the priest makes sure that that person saved or is it the person prays to god and and from there that's where that salvation comes or or how does it come that was the that was the question of the day and so this main point of total depravity lays out an outline that catholics typically have not agreed with historically okay so this doctrine is total depravity and the gist of this doctrine is that mankind that's me and that's you are completely corrupt from birth mind body and spirit everything about us is corrupt everything about us is evil everything has been touched by sin that is a part of us and it's not just that we're sick. A lot of people think, oh, you know, sin is a sickness. And it, yes, it is a sickness. However, Scripture says men love darkness more than light. It's not just that I have a cold. It's that I have a cold and then I like the way my voice sounds with that cold. I like what it makes me do. I like how it makes me feel. Okay. This doctrine right here is the dividing line between most church denominations, most political ideologies. I mean, this one right here is, is fairly fundamental for the way you think about the world because it answers a really, really dense question. And that is, are humans 
basically good or are humans basically evil? That's to say, is it that we do a little bit of wrong, but at, at our core, we're really just good people? Or is it that we're so evil that we don't even know how deep it goes and we can fool ourselves by doing things that we think are good and hiding the truth that's inside? Believing this or not believing this doctrine will change the way you live your life spiritually. It just will. I'm, and look, I'm not, this is not, this is something you and I can have a conversation about, okay? So I don't want you guys to think that I'm beating y'all over the head with this. I don't want you guys to think that I, I hate Catholics or that, I, you know, I dislike people that disagree with how I've landed in my theology. I'm not saying any of those things at all. And I'm, I'm, I'm open to a conversation. So I encourage you guys to email me, DM me on Instagram. If, if you, if this lands on you weird and you just want some clarity, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. But what I'm, what I'm going to say here is that total depravity will change the way you treat people. It'll change the way you view yourself. It'll change the way you raise your kids. Look, if it'll change the way you govern if you're into politics. If you think that people are basically good in the political spectrum, then what's going to happen is that, okay, if people are basically good, then we need to make sure society and policy and the world bends to the whims of the people. Whereas if you believe that people are basically evil, you would set up what's called checks and balances because you don't want the people that are in government to get too much power. You don't want the people that are voting to get too much power. You don't want banks to have too much power. You want to level set each one of these and each one of these have different functions so that there are checks and balances and, and say what you will about the founding fathers and, and the fact that they they had a lot of sins that they commit. I mean, I'm just going to put it on the table. I'm a black guy. The founding fathers had slaves, okay? I'm not saying that these men were above sin and were gods. They were men like me and like you. They had issues. They had problems. They did things that were wrong. But I have to separate the idea from the person and the idea that they set in place whenever they were forming what is America today is that there would be systems of checks and balances because they understood this doctrine. They understood that man left to his own devices, whether he's in government or whether he's just a lay person that's voting, a man with too much power is going to abuse that. He's going to abuse that and use that to get his own way to wallow in his nature okay so anyway there's that brief a brief aside about politics okay this changes how we view discipling our wives if we believe that our wives and our children are basically good then there's really no sense of urgency that we have to have when we're reading scripture we don't even really have to read scripture you know she's basically good i mean she i right. you know what i mean like it's I don't necessarily got to read scripture. I don't necessarily need to go through devotions with my kids. They're basically, they're cool. 
you know, if I if they just hang out with me a little while, they see how I'm doing, but I never actually speak on sin or speak on the things that they're doing wrong or or speak on why I'm doing what I'm doing, they'll figure it out. They'll basically figure it out. And a lot of times, and quite frankly, if I'm honest, I'll live my life like I don't believe this theology. I'll live my life as though, yeah, that little old lady across the street, I don't necessarily need to tell her about the love of Jesus. She knows. She knows. She totally knows. And you get in this, you get in this lifestyle or in this thinking that there's no sense of urgency. There's no sense of necessity to making sure that people know who God is. And so what I want to try to do in this episode, if I can, is I want to try to paint the picture from scripture on why I believe this theology, why I believe this way, and then tie in a little bit of what's going on with Kanye and that kind of deal, and then bring it on home to how we can apply this in our relationships with our wives and in our relationships with those folks that come into our lives and with our children, should we have any, okay? So first question on the table after I've said all these things. Jonathan, you're saying that we're all completely evil and lost without God. Is that what you're telling me? The answer to that question is yes. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Here are some examples of this, okay? Second Chronicles 6 and 36. There is no one who does not sin. Isaiah 53 and 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You guys remember that episode when I said don't follow your heart, right? This is why. Titus 1, 15 through 16. To the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Both their minds and their consciences are defiled. Ecclesiastes 9 and 3, also the hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. Psalm 51 and 5 says, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, this one is this this particular verse is misused a lot. People people say, well, what he was referring to, because it was David that wrote Psalm and he was talking about how uh, or sorry. Um, sorry, I got my wrong guy. They'll, they'll basically say the author of this Psalm. OK, wrote this in regard to the sinful way that his mom and dad got together. You could say that. You could probably you, you, you might even be able to argue, argue that. But that's not what the writer means here. Because he's not just saying the act was sinful. He's saying even in himself, even in himself, he inside was brought forth in iniquity. He's filled with it in himself. OK. And in case you thought that the Old Testament, because I, I just gave you a bunch of Old Testament references, just in case you thought that that was just being harsh and that, you know, now that the New Testament's come and the New Covenant's come, that it's not true about us anymore. Matthew 15 and 19 says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. 
Mark 7, 21 through 23, from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, slander, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, evil, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and they defile a person. And so you say, all right, all right, cool, Jonathan. So you, you made your point. We're bad people. We got bad stuff going on. But we can do good, though. We can still do good things, right? Jeremiah 13, 23. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard change his spots? Then also you can do no good who are accustomed to doing evil. Matthew 7 and 18, a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Romans 8 and 7, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, and indeed it can't. Here's the point that I'm trying to drive home. You and I aren't just bad behaving people we're not just bad dudes we're lost dudes apart from god we're unable to see we're blind dudes because what we want to do is not good for us to do and we don't know that it's not good for us to do unless god makes it clear that it's not good for us to do bible says that People view the cross, apart from God, people view the cross as foolishness. They view the gospel as something that's stupid, something that's dumb, something that's unnecessary. Why would you need to die to self, bro? Go follow your heart. Go live your dreams. That's, that's, what, that's what this whole world is encouraging you and I to get involved with. It's not encouraging us to lay down our lives for the sheep. It's encouraging us to pick up our lives and to go forth and do whatever the hell we want to do. Facts. Correct me if I'm wrong. But every when I go down to Barnes and Noble, it's a lot of self-help books. I don't see a lot of books on humility. I don't see a lot of books on dying to self. I don't see a lot of books about how, how we need to get our hearts right. I don't see that a lot. I see a lot of self-help books, though. And that's the thing about it, man. When it, in, in regards to in regards to Kanye, right? I, it's a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians that's upset. This really that, that are really mad about the fact that Kanye has come out and said, I am now a born again Christian. I was radically saved uh, on Easter Sunday. A lot of Christians are upset. A lot of Christians are like, he, he's bipolar. He, he's, he can't be telling the truth. This must be one of his, his episodes again. That guy's a loon. That guy's crazy. Now look, look. Of course. Of course we have to examine this man's fruit. Of course, we have to watch and see how this pans out long term. But some folks are literally just mad that he is coming to Christ and they're Christians. Listen, do you know that when people get saved, angels, one person gets saved, angels in heaven rejoice. 
Are you aware that they throw a party in heaven when one sinner comes to God? Now, granted, again, I understand your healthy, perhaps healthy level of skepticism. I can if if that's what it is. Cool. But the reason that a lot of y'all. Are upset or a lot. I won't say y'all because you you guys you guys get it. But I'll say them a reason that a lot of them are upset. Is because we don't think that Kanye is worthy of being saved. It's because we don't think that God would save a person like that. Someone from over there, someone that came up uh, with a song that, that, that degrades his, his own wife, someone that would go up on stage and 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 basically disrespect a young lady that's receiving an award at the MTV Awards. God wouldn't save a person like that. Now, whether look, whether or not you think Kanye's alleged salvation is legitimate or not, you need to understand something. You and I both need to get this in our head is that you and I are not any more worthy than Kanye is. I'm going to say that again. You and me are not any more worthy of God's saving grace from our total depravity than Kanye West is. You may think because you went to church that you, you, you deserve a seat in heaven. You may think because your dad was on the deacon board that you deserve a seat in heaven. You may think because your dad is a pastor that you deserve a seat in heaven. You may think because you go to the right church in your community that you deserve a seat in heaven. But I want you to just for a minute, this is me and you talking, okay? I want you just for a second, go back in your mind for a minute. You remember what you said in the locker room with your friends that one time? You remember what you did before your mom and dad got home and while they were gone for the weekend? You remember that thought that came to your mind just yesterday, if you want to be real? (laughs) What we have to understand, gentlemen, is that we aren't worthy of God saving us from our total depravity we're not worthy of his forgiveness we're not worthy of his joy we're not worthy of our lives we're not worthy of our wives we're not worthy of any of it any of it all of it is a gift from god for our faith to be built and for his glory to be made manifest in our lives So the people can look at our lives and how they've gone and how we handle suffering. And they say, man, they've got something different than what I've got. All I've got is this Tony Robbins self-help book. But they've got something different. They came from the same stuff as me. me. He and I used to hang out in high school. We used to run in the same circles. We used to do the same stuff. But he's got something different now. Because the the thing is, when we look at guys like Kanye or we look at anybody that's this, you know, kind of falling off the bandwagon, whatever the case is, we say, man, I may be bad, but at least I'm not that guy. You know, 
And you know exactly what I'm talking about, too. If you've ever sat with your wife and, and, and maybe maybe you guys actually watch reality TV shows. I don't watch much reality TV shows because I, I just I, I'm not entertained by it. But if you've ever sat down with your wife, probably you have and sat down and watched one of the shows that she's watching is reality TV or whatever. If, if you ask her why she watches it, I, and, I, and I encourage you to ask her, ask her, hey, hey, baby, why are you watching this stuff? And I and nine times out of ten, the conversations that I've had with girls, the answer nine times out of ten was I watch this for the drama and because it makes me feel better about my own life because these people are crazy. And that's the thing about it. That's the thing that, that, that we need to remind ourselves is that whether you got. Listen. Bad as Adolf Hitler was, bad as a Klan member is, if there is, I'm sure there are still some, bad as a skinhead is, if a skinhead bows the knee and confesses that Jesus is Lord and asks for faith and forgiveness, he's saved, period. No matter what he's done, he is saved if God grants him that salvation. And that faith, period. You may say, well, he's not worthy of it. Let me tell y'all a story real quick. Because some of y'all are sounding real second brother right now. And some of y'all ask, okay, what's a second brother? You remember the prodigal son? You remember that story in the Bible, the parable that Jesus is explaining? He explains that one son took his inheritance and sold his wild oats and and ended up going poor and was eaten from pig slop and then the son comes back home the one that squandered everything there were two sons okay he comes back home and he says dad I, i'll just be happy if you make me a servant then his dad comes to him and says hey we're gonna throw a party we're gonna cut this cow up because my son was lost and he's come to his senses and now he's found. Do you remember what the second brother's attitude was? The second brother was so uptight because the second brother had been there a long time. He said, Dad, I never left you. I stayed the whole time. I, I did everything I was supposed to do. And now you over here throwing him a party because he, he came back from being, what about me? Where's my party at? Where's my calf at? Dad said to him, everything that this brother is getting, you already have had access to because you've been here. But we got to celebrate. We got to throw a party because this is good news. And that's the thing, man. Some of us, we're getting real out of pocket about this Kanye thing or, or, or about really any anybody that we don't think is worth saving so i encourage you gentlemen wrestle with this doctrine okay i'm not saying you gotta believe it the way i believe it or anything like that i'm again i'm open to having this conversation i'm just saying that i encourage each of you to wrestle with this doctrine of total depravity because when you understand it, it, it for me when I came to understand that there was nothing about me that could bring about God's favor and God's grace in my life, 
It made me appreciate who he was and why he did what he did. Because when you understand this doctrine, Jesus is not just some ignorable nice guy that died on a tree for you. He becomes your token to a relationship with God that you couldn't get because you and I didn't have it. You and I didn't, we didn't see it. We didn't want to see it. The goodness of God. And I encourage you to wrestle with this, man, because if if you don't and if you don't try to try to understand and and, and honestly, man, look straight up. Don't believe what I say just because I have a microphone. Don't believe just what I say because I've got Instagram. Don't be fooled by the shine, the perceived shine that you see. You go and open your Bible and you read the text for yourself. That's that's what the whole Reformation was even about, man. It's it's not about you trying to say, all right, Jonathan told me this. so I got to believe this. No, you pick it up. It's in English so you can read it. And you read the text for yourself and you find out for yourself whether or not I'm telling the truth and whether or not you come to understand this the same way. Because I guarantee you, when you wrestle with this and you begin to understand it, I'm going to tell you the fruit that's going to happen. It's going to change the way you disciple your wives. It's going to change the way you disciple kids that might come into your life it's going to change the way you disciple friends that come into your life it's going to change the way you pray because you're going to come to prayer honest and be like god i got nothing i need you for everything and i believe with that kind of attitude you can begin to start being that strong leader in your community being the present father to your children and that loving husband to your wife because you're not relying on your own self to get the job done. You're relying on God. And it was with that, gentlemen, I say take care, build on. If this is worth a rating or review, please go and leave one. If you don't decide to leave one, share it with a friend. If you don't decide to share it with a friend, man, just listen to the whole episode, okay? Y'all take it easy. Again, take care and build on.